This is Gotham TV Podcast, Episode 78, where we return for Gotham Season 3, Episode 1, Better to Reign in Hell. Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzean on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites. That was Drew Powell. And we are here, surprise, surprise, uh, sooner than we thought, uh, with Gotham Season 3, Episode 1, Better to Reign in Hell. Yeah, this is a bit of a shocker. Uh, RTE2, our local broadcaster in Ireland, decided to air Gotham... Season 3, Episode 1, this last Sunday at 1.30am in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've been waiting for Gotham to return on Channel 5. Uh, it's been gone since uh, since late last year. Um, and suddenly, out of the blue, it pops up in our feed that it's on, uh, on RTU2. So we're back with our first podcast of the new season of Gotham. Absolutely. Uh, it comes back at a ridiculous hour. They obviously believe that it is so hardcore, so X-rated this season of Gotham that they need to not only put it after the nine o'clock watershed, but put it after the normal going to bed watershed <laughs> of about one o'clock, twelve o'clock, one o'clock. Yeah, so um, beyond the witching hour, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so it must be a crazy season, absolutely. And in true Gotham TV podcast style, when we started to record our intro, it uh, we had some technical difficulties. So this is a re-record. So there will be some slight sound differences between this and the rest of the episode. Hope you don't mind. It's a really fun discussion. Yeah, so back to the Mad City um, is the subheading, the tagline for this first half of season three. That's right. Yeah, we're going to be getting the Mad Hatter this season, I believe. Mad, mad, mad mm-hmm. and crazy uh, along with it as well. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Babs and Tabs being nutty uh, in their own bar this time as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've been uh, recording Gotham. Uh, if you're listening to us on our Gotham TV podcast feed, you probably see the last episode you were listening to was a Suicide Squad review, which was uh, at the end of last summer. Uh, we're now back with our coverage of Gotham. If you're listening to us over on our main feed over on TV Podcast Industries, you'll see we've also been covering all that stuff over uh, for the Marvel Studios side of our uh, of our podcasts with Luke Cage all the way up until the end of 2016. And right now we're covering Iron Fist for about episode 10 now, I think. Uh, we have been pretty busy. Just not in the Gotham world, unfortunately, but really glad to be back. Absolutely. Uh, We are back. And if you want to find us, if you want to subscribe or leave a review, please head on over to our website uh, and to iTunes, gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes, where you can subscribe and listen to us every week talking about Gotham. Yeah. And Uh, if this is your first time joining us, it's really good to point out that I'm Derek. And I'm John. Yeah. Just in case, you know, just so you don't get yeah. the voices confused. He's the English one. I'm the Irish one. That's the easiest way to tell us apart. Yep. And that's the way to tell us apart. And of course, you can also uh, join us on Twitter. We are at Gotham TV Podcast. Mm-hmm. So come along, follow us, join in the tweets um, and get involved in the community over here in Ireland. Yep. And of course, we also have our Facebook page and Facebook group. Just head over to facebook.com forward slash Gotham TV podcast. Absolutely. And we'll be chatting much more about the show. We've been trying to steer clear of our social, t- social sites for the last couple of months because, uh, unfortunately, as you probably tell, uh, Gotham in the UK and Ireland is a bit behind and we just didn't want to get spoiled. 
because it's much easier to talk about the show if we haven't seen any of the future episodes, isn't it? So uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, so we know nothing about the rest of the season. All we know is it is called Mad City. It is going to feature a lot of the Mad Hatter. And we've now seen season three, episode one. So I think we should, it's about time we should be jumping into season three, episode one, John. Exactly. Uh, for those of you who have just joined us um, and listening to us for the first time, but even if you are long-time listeners, we are doing our five points, but it is our joint five and mm-hmm. um, we're doing joint five points along with a bullockism and uh, Derek has a special announcement for the bullockism yes we will be starting our competition for this season with our bullockism of the week uh, we're going to kick it off by giving you our couple of bullockisms at the end of this episode uh, but it's going to start off with a prize which is a Harvey Bullock pop vinyl so all that you need to do to be in with a chance of winning that is send us your bullockism from each episode of the series as we go uh, as we go through, we get to about episode 11, I think we're going to gonna get through the first first half of the season. And once we get to that uh, that point, we'll decide on a winner. Just choose it out of the hat. Anybody who sent us in their bullockism of the week. It doesn't matter if you duplicate, everybody that enters will be entered into the hat. You can do that by tweeting us over at Twitter on uh, at Gotham TV Podcast. Or, of course, emailing us at our email address, which is feedback at GothamTVPodcast.com. Absolutely. Yeah. I think with that, on with the show. Mm-hmm. Derek, what are your production notes for this so, episode? Yes, so this episode, Better to Rain in Hell, was written by John Stevens, one of the main showrunners for the show, and also directed by Danny Cannon, who tends to direct the first couple of episodes of each season. Uh, he tends to either direct the first or last episode. Um, so yeah, the, some of our, our mainstays of Gotham, the real people behind the show, uh, involved in the first episode. And they had a lot to do to kind of set it back up for a brand new season and see where, see where we're going. Uh, John, do you want to tell them what they gave us for this episode? Sure. Six months after the last sighting of Fish Mooney, Lee has moved on with a new man in her life, and Gordon has become a bounty hunter, tracking down the Arkham Asylum escapees. Penguin, concerned about Fish's return to Gotham, puts a million-dollar bounty on Fish, dead or alive. Meanwhile, Bruce's mysterious doppelganger is lurking around Gotham City and learns of Bruce's identity from Ivy, who mistakes him for Bruce. Gordon, with the help of the enthusiastic reporter Valerie Vale, tracks down Stranger's assistant Ethel Peabody, but she is captured and killed by Fish. A suspicious Ivy spies on them and is caught. Fish orders her killed, ignoring Selina's protests, but she runs and falls down a sewage pipe after being touched by one of Fish's associates, Marv, who can accelerate a person's ageing process. Bruce and Alfred return to Gotham and call a meeting with the Wayne Enterprises Board of Directors, where Bruce threatens to disseminate his evidence pertaining to the cabal in charge behind the scenes unless he is contacted by them within 24 hours. The Court of Owls, however, have other plans and sends an unknown assassin to Wayne Manor to kidnap Bruce Wayne. Lots going on. I a lot episode. going on in this episode. Yeah, like, Absolutely, yeah. I think we pretty much touched against every single character from the show. The city of Gotham is brand new, opened again to us. Everybody gets their scene. Lots of stuff going on. But as John mentioned, we're going to go into our five points about the episode. The way we do it normally is that each of us take five points. We're actually going to pare that down this season and have five points between us. So the first of the points, big one really coming off last season, is Bruce going after the Court of Owls taking the fight to the Court of Owls in this episode. Great scene, I thought, in Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, it really is something that you would expect Bruce Wayne to do, to show up and, and kind of take 
the board of directors off guard. I mean, we saw that say in Dark Knight Returns and so on, where Absolutely. he pretends he's having a, a snooze. You really see him like playing to their preconceptions of him. Mm-hmm. Here, it's not necessarily that. It's definitely they just think he's a kid, but this is a clever kid, one who's growing up very fast and one who is very very smart absolutely and uh, it was absolutely great seeing him tackle the board of gotham along with alfred mm-hmm. i mean uh where alfred picks out the guy who is effectively saying i'm not listening to this kid i've got better things to do and he puts him in his place again it's a nice little throwback as you say to um re reigniting the characters in gotham you know reintroducing the um the audience with the characters you know it's it's been a long time and certainly um if you're in Ireland in yeah. the UK pace then it it's been a long time since the last uh, episode of Gotham so this is a huge episode just simply for introducing everyone back into Gotham how they've changed how they've moved on since season 2 yeah. um, and this was really firmly bringing um Bruce and Alfred as this great team back together and of course we learn from this that they have also been away for the last 6 months mm-hmm. they've escaped Gotham to to put some distance between the the events of season 2 with um Bruce's kidnap and near sacrifice um not his own sacrifice his own will but obviously from um Galavan yeah. so a really good little scene here yeah, they're off in the cabin in switzerland again the famous cabin in switzerland i wonder will we ever see that i Do doubt we will <laughs> it's just the place they send them off to uh yeah no, it was really cool actually to see uh, alfred getting bruce's back as well in this in this case uh what we'd seen a couple of times last season was alfred and, and bruce putting heads against each other but it seems like alfred's all in now it seems like he's going to back up bruce in, in whatever plan he comes up with and whatever he wants to do yeah pancakes seemed like a perfectly <laughs> good choice to me yeah absolutely another, um, another good plan but stick by Bruce for. <laughs> but the good thing here is we do get a little glimpse of one of the owls from the Court of Owls and of course this unknown assassin and I think our giant leap here, uh, <laughs> probably not the biggest of leaps or of imagination or theory, is that this is a certainly an earlier version um, or a, a, a less suited version of the, the famous assassins from the Court of Owls which is the Talon or mm-hmm. Talons, um, because he is sent after um, Bruce and Alfred to to deal with them. So actually, at that moment when she gives the order, the 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 head of the Court of Owls, you actually think he's out to kill them. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But in the end, it's an attack on them. Certainly, Alfred, you're kind of there going, oh, is he going to end up in hospital with a stab wound again? Yep. Um, I was thinking, <laughs> oh no, I don't think he got stabbed. No, he was beaten and knocked out. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, he got a pretty tough beating, so presumably he'll be in hospital again. I just hope his insurance is paid up. This is, what, his fifth time in hospital now? He can probably head back to the UK and go on the NHS. <laughs> Very true. Um, so that's not too bad for him. But, uh, yeah, but uh, Bruce is kidnapped, mm-hmm. so we have to wait to see uh, what happens to old Brucey. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, just in case you you aren't a comic book reader or in case you haven't read the excellent storyline, the, the uh, Court of Owls, or the City of Owls, uh, by Scott Snyder. Um, it's such a good storyline. Have a read of it. But yeah, that's Talon is heavily featured in there as, as one of the main characters. So uh, well worth reading that if you want to know a bit more about that character. Uh, on to point number two, John. 
Definitely. Uh, Jim and his new job. Mm. Um, is he a bounty hunter or is he now an alcoholic? Is he <laughs> a, a drinker? You can drink um, at any time of the day you want this to. This a lot of drinking mm. uh, from Jim. Oh, a, a lot of threats to go to the bar. Maybe it was just to throw Valerie Vale um, <laughs> off the scent uh, to, to get her away from him so that he could have some peace, mm-hmm. go after uh, Fish Mooney himself. Uh, this was really... Um, Jim in a new light, um, definitely yeah. likes his bar, likes his, uh, his drink, is a bounty hunter, rounding up the escaped mutants, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, from Arkham Asylum, or ex- our experimental yes. subjects. Um, he's <laughs> certainly had a kick in, in, in the, in the midriff from Leslie. It was interesting. I wondered whether it was a dream sequence at one stage because there was a moment where it looked like it was a, it was him. It was Jim Gordon in this lovely kind of picturesque sort of quaint. Yes. Um, Hamptons-esque type of, uh, East North American sort of house, you know, lovely neighborhood. Yeah. The veranda, the painted wood, all this kind of stuff it going on. It struck me as something out of kind um, of the 50s, uh, perfect house or sitcom kind of thing. Leslie was drinking as well. So they <laughs> basically all hit the bottle. That's what, that's what's happened since season yes. two. Things got so bad. <laughs> they've all hit the bottle. Um, and, you know, they need a few, they need a bit of a wake up from this mad city to uh-huh. really get them back on their game. But Leslie, yeah, is another ex of Jim's. You know, he's racking them up here <laughs> at this stage. So we'll see. Will he have another love interest in, in this season? Never know. Will him and Crazy Babs re <laughs> reignite themselves, hook up, you know? Uh, will Leslie come back? Will she be back in the mix? Mm-hmm. Will it be... Will he, will he go after Tabitha? Or will Valerie Vale be, be the new big interest for yeah, Jim? Yeah. Or will it just be the drink that <laughs> is his, his new sidekick? I mean, one of the great things I loved here actually was how, um, Captain Barnes really, again, that, that relationship that started out so well in season two really disintegrated from Jim's lies, but also Jim's feeling of, Bonds restricting him and not really being able to get the job done. Yeah. That all kind of came out again, um, with, you know, in this episode. And I thought that was a really good way to show that, you know, their relationship really still hasn't been, um, sorted out at yeah. all. And that it, it's even impacting Harvey's as well now. It seems as though Harvey did a really good job there, uh, whilst, um, Captain Bonds was out. Uh, recovering from his near-death experience. Mm-hmm. And he still seems to be struggling with that as well. And that's kind of an interesting thing to see. Like, he, he's on a crutch. Yeah. He, he seems to have a really bad cough. He, he's struggling. He mm-hmm. is struggling. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, you know, is this a long-term deterioration of, of, of Captain Barnes? Mm. Or is this just, you know, at this moment in time within the season? Yeah. Um, I, de- I definitely love know. the idea that even though Jim Gordon doesn't work for him anymore. It doesn't save him from the dressing down that he used to get almost every week from uh, from Barnes. He's still brought into the office. He's still t- t- still told at the end of it to get out of his sight. So uh, there's nothing Jim can really do to stick out of of Barnes's uh, Barnes's sights. Uh, well, they're at paying all. him five grand. That is true. <laughs> that per, is true. per asylum 
experiment mm-hmm. subject. So he's doing a pretty good job as a bounty hunter. Uh, Harvey calls out that he's uh, already captured five of the uh, five or of six the yeah. inmates. Yeah, so that's he, pretty cool. He's bringing it in, and then of course we have um, Oswald's bounty on fish, and his one of the other of the third point that we have really mm. uh, from this episode is Oswald's, you know desperation to catch fish mooney yeah. uh, you know he is absolutely obsessed with that and he's wondering why she didn't kill him he's probably wondering what did she do you know he breaks into a police um press situation and and basically tells them that she is the enemy yeah. to go after them and to uh really don't listen to the police he's telling directly to the press that it is her that is the enemy here. Yeah. As she's organizing all the um, asylum escapees into an organized band. And of course, they're going after the, the, the pharmacies and, and the drug plants. So yeah. this is really interesting seeing Oswald as desperate as he is. Mm-hmm. He's really potentially overthinking this. Yeah. I, I do like that he's using the press. I think that's a really cool idea. For some reason, it just reminded me of season three of The Wire that, that they're now, they've gone through uh, the good, the good guys, bad guys, and now they're going to the press as the third season. I think that's quite an interesting idea. Is the first time- cool. Yes. I wouldn't have necessarily <laughs> paralleled, um, the Wire and Gotham. Hardly ever, but it's just the concept of going into season three with the uh, with the press at its core, now having Valerie Vale as, as what seems like a main character in the show. So, so which um, one's Bubba? <laughs> uh, no other comparison will be made to to the Wire this season, I promise. Um, but I also love that his that his brand new confidant uh, is now Ed. Uh, he is going to Ed Nigma to kind of allay the fears that he has as to why is it that Fish didn't kill him when she had him dead to rights. He was he was knocked out on the ground at the end of. Uh, at the end of season two, yet she let him go. So it's an interesting one, and I mean, she calls it back as well when she is confronted by um, by Jim in is it Cray Pharmaceuticals? Mm. Uh, when she's confronted there by Jim, she even says, "I let that punk live." So yeah. maybe she is just being nice about it, or does she have an ulterior motive? And does that touch that she did um, at the end of season two on uh, Oswald? Will that have some kind of residual effect? Like, whenever she meets him again, will she be able to control his actions because she has touched him? Because she didn't order him to do anything. So we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. So that will be really interesting to see what happens touched by the fish. Um, was Oswald and well we do know the control doesn't last forever because she did have to touch uh, Ethel Peabody again to control her for the second time because she had her under control so presumably not then on that basis but I wonder did uh, did she make Oswald do something at the time perhaps that he doesn't remember or something like that that we might catch up on later on in the season but I do love the fact that Ed and him finally had this discussion Everybody has been talking about this since season one, since yeah. we first saw Fish and New Penguin was in the show. I remember we did our first interview with the cast and I think the question was asked there and then, uh, well, they say Penguin eat fish and now it's actually been incorporated in the show. So, <laughs> so we finally got the line. It is now written into Gotham Stone that Penguin eats fish. So uh, yeah, it makes it into the show. Absolutely. And I really enjoyed the puzzle as well. I loved that Oswald was there going, you know, a mathematician went mental over this. Uh You know, it drove him crazy. This Um, is passed down through the generations. (laughs) Because it's so difficult. (laughs) And Ed does it like that. Uh, Really, really good. Just seeing that little interaction between 
these two fantastic characters. But mm-hmm. we only saw Ed Digma fleetingly here. Yes. Um, although they both do have the same thing or the thing in common, or at least they think they do, which is that they feel that they're surrounded by crazies and morons, yes. which was really, really, uh-huh. that was funny. That and made see, me laugh, actually. Absolutely. And we see Definitely. Ed is still inside obviously not inside Arkham Asylum he's still not got, not gotten out so uh, being locked up at the end of uh, at the end of season 1 and being there for another 6 months afterwards uh, probably is driving Ed to a bit more madness than we would have seen in season 2 and and, uh, and 1 before so but no replacement for Hugo Strange yes that no. is a job post that they cannot fill <laughs> um or will they yeah, you never know you never know who uh, can replace Hugo Strange like he was so so good um in in season two but he is still around Mm -hmm. and he is being kept undercover in hiding um so somewhere but we don't know yet yes but i suspect that fish mooney um and this moves us on to point four i like um will be tracking him down Mm -hmm. um as this is her quest it would seem this is fish's quest um, she wants these powers to be permanent. Yeah. She doesn't want them to be degraded every time she uses them. And so she is after Hugo Strange because she has found out from Ethel Peabody, rest in peace. Um, that was really, I wish they had kept her around, yeah. um, a bit longer, but we'll get into that in a minute. But I mean, ultimately she, she was captured Ethel Peabody and Fish extracted not only information from her that Hugo is being kept by the GCPD in a safe house somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, but also that he is the only one that would be able to make these changes permanent, whereas they have been looking for uh, different drugs and yeah. tablets in order to try and prevent this degradation of their powers, I think. Um, but it's not just information that they take from Ethel. It's also her life, her youth, uh, by Marv, um, who has the power to um, effectively kill people by aging them. Yes, very cool. Very Very cool. And looks amazing. Really good. Especially when he does the guard earlier on. Uh, It almost had that moment of uh, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade kind of thing. That would have been even cooler if, like, complete... Yeah. Yeah complete skull at the end of it. Mm, that would be quite cool. But I do like the power uh, and that power does play into our final big moment for uh, for Poison Ivy as well, doesn't it? Uh, Marv does grab her before she goes into the sewers, so uh, very likely that uh, is the other thing we know about the series. We will not be getting to see Claire Foley again as uh, as Poison Ivy. Yeah, that's probably it. the last we'll see of Claire yeah. Foley as well as yeah. Ivy Pepper. So... As she screams yeah. and falls into the water, yeah. So that, I mean, that's, that's another one of the original season one gone now at this stage. And mm-hmm. a really, really good seeing, um, Ivy Pepper, Claire Foley, um, uh, as the younger Poison Ivy. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's an interesting way that they've done this change to, to age her that, that, you know, it's, it's because of the touch from Marv. Um, so in some ways it, it probably will work out quite well in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, because we were wondering how they were going to do it, how this yeah. change was going to take place. And to me, this, this seems perfectly in the craziness and, and the mad hatteriness of, of, of <laughs> Gotham. This seems perfectly acceptable. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm so glad it wasn't the kind of exit stage left and, uh, and then in walks Maggie Gihas as, as uh, Poison Ivy 
five, six years older yeah. than she is without having any time with Claire Foley. So great that they got a full episode out of Claire Foley. Definitely. We still haven't seen the new Ivy. Um, she'll be, uh, she'll hopefully be on the next episode or maybe the episode after that. But, uh, but yeah, it was great to see that they, they do give an in-story reason for her to be aged. Yeah. At least. And she gets, you know, her final episode and she gets some good interaction with Selena. Mm-hmm. She gets some interaction with the doppelganger as well. So That's really right. good. Yeah. And, uh, and some interaction with Fish, which I thought I have to say, I loved that scene with her where Selena's trying to get her to shut up, uh, going, um, no, you won't tell anybody at all. She's like, I'll, I'll tell everybody if you, uh, if you don't let me go. And, and Selena's just like head and hands going, <laughs> yeah. oh, if you hadn't said that, you'd be fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really good. Really good. Killer Marv. Killer. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, I'm really interested to see the quest now from, from, uh, for Fish Mooney. She's, that's kind of a change from last season. Obviously she was in prison last season. She knew she had powers, but she's grown into them over the last six months. She doesn't want to lose them. She doesn't want to be just cured and be Fish Mooney again. She wants to be cured and keep the powers, which I think is a, a little bit of a change from, from last season and, and a, an interesting quest to follow Fish on for the next couple Absolutely. of Absolutely. And I mean, it'd be interesting if she survives this quest mm. and she does get these powers, what will be her thing then what what will be her relationship with gotham importantly with oswald i mean i suspect um you know really what we've seen here in in this first episode is oswald has gone from you know yeah he still wants to get at tabitha and because she killed his mom Mm -hmm. um i i find it a bit strange that that still isn't maybe an overriding element here at this moment given how obsessed he was with theo gallivan uh, and getting revenge on him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that they have created this situation now where effectively the, the focus is back on Fish again. Um, and he has put Tabitha to the back of the list, uh, unless Butch Gilzean, um, does, uh, yes. give him the go. There's a bit of this, um, this, this, uh, relationship breakup and, is it on? Is it not with Butch and Tabitha? Mm-hmm. But he's effectively given Tabitha a stay of execution until he feels or Butch tells him that Butch is no longer interested. Mm-hmm. And this is the only reason why she's still alive. So yeah. it's, it's an interesting one that they're doing it like that. And I suppose we'll see how it, it plays out over the, the episodes, but. Um, it is strange. I'm presuming it's not going to last too long, but that is, that is our final point. Tabs and Babs Quub. The uh, Quub. The, the, the sirens. I love that. Mm-hmm. The Quub. Yeah. No, the sirens. Um, yeah, we've got Babs and Tabs. Um, I wonder if there's a bit of Butch in there as well. You know, Absolutely. um, I wonder if. They really are separated, Tabitha and Butch. There was a knowing little kind of glance and, and smile between them as Oswald sort of moves off saying that, you know, until Butch says you, you, you finished, you, you're alive. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only reason I'm not going to kill you. Just as we, we've kind of discussed there. So it'd be interesting now to see what happens. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. My, my favorite piece just about them having a club again in, uh, in the show is one of the things I loved about season one was Oswald's. I loved having the live bands and having some great eighties rock pop music. Uh, on display as we, as we went into the club. Um, the intro to the Sirens Club is the fantastic tune. Um, I know what girls like. Um, no. 
<laughs> the other one. I know what boys want. Uh, by the waitresses. <laughs> it's one of the lines. Yeah. I knew it was. Um, it's a great, great tune and a great intro- introduction to these two characters who are, who generally use sex as a weapon. It's a great idea that they're op- the opening song that you see them in their brand new club is I know what boys want. That's the, the tune they're playing yeah. as they go in. So a great opportunity for the showrunners to be able to push some of the bands that used to play on Oswald's back on a stage in a club, uh, and play all that great music that they, uh, that they were, are so well known for in the first two seasons of the show. So that was my favorite introduction, uh, that we've seen to, to characters on the show. Uh, also obviously having Babs go a bit crazy with, uh, with the gangsters as they arrive. That was excellent. And that then, was so good. Absolutely. And then Tabs cut the throat of two of them. Um, was, was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really hope this relationship, Babs and Tabs, lasts mm-hmm. because from what I've seen so far in the Sirens uh, Club, it, it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's it's the new bar. It's the same old crazy and the same old violence. It really does, I think, keep the consistency with these two characters. I love the interaction that they have with Oswald and Butch. Yeah. Strange as I think the Oswald Tabitha aspect of it is, but I, it's something that I think is interesting and with the music as well. Um, and yeah, those scenes with the, the gangsters really good. I mean, you have the, you know, he's there with his broken nose and he's got quub. What's a quub? Quub. <laughs> and then, and then just the thing with the cherry ah, as well. Fantastic. I mean, absolutely spot on. You know, crazy Babs. New bar, same old crazy. Yeah. Same old good crazy. But I love that the craziness comes with the fact that she knows what's going on here. She is, she's worked out yeah. in her head. I know there's no reason why these guys would come and attack our club if it wasn't for Butch. Uh, I think Butch has been let off very lightly by Oswald. Um, you know, I suppose he did cut off his hand. He's got to make up for that a little bit. Uh, Oswald does. He does, he does have to make up for that a little bit with Butch. And he is his, his, Left hand man, we say now, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, I, I suppose he's allowed a little, a little problem, but this would not be ever a plan that would enter Oswald's mind. This and he's proven his loyalty do. ultimately. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It is six months down the line. Mm-hmm. I presume Butch also obviously knows that Fish is back, yet he's still next to yeah. Oswald. Yeah, true. So he's not gone searching for, for Fish Mooney to, to, to get back um, in with her to maybe be her left-hand man. But it's definitely, um, you know, he's stuck with Oswald and maybe Oswald's just repaying that loyalty. Yeah. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see whether that relationship and that complication comes back in again within this season. Yeah. I mean, it really will. Definitely, yeah. definitely. That's our top five points for this episode. Overall. But we do have a bullockism. Of course we do. We, in fact, have two for this episode because we both have one each. We do. I think John's a little bit better than my one. But I'm going to start Maybe. with mine because it comes a little bit beforehand. <laughs> mine is in the early scene with Jim and Harvey in the GCPD chatting away. Harvey says to Jim, I don't like to pry. Jim says, sure you do. And Harvey goes, well, that's because you don't tell me anything. Um, I just love that because that is his nature. He tries to tell people that he's not the kind of guy that wants to get up all in their business, but... That's exactly who Harvey is. He wants to know everything about everybody and will share it around. But uh, but he likes to be dependent on as well. 
Yeah, mine comes off the back of Jim saying a very prophetic thing, which is, I don't think Gotham is going to run out of monsters anytime soon. Mm. Um, you know, saving Gotham isn't my responsibility anymore. Um, he goes, I can leave when I want. I don't need to listen to Captain Barnes anymore. Um, and I can get drunk when I want. And, uh, and Harvey Bullock replies, what's to say I don't get drunk when I want? <laughs> Absolutely pure Harvey yep. Bullock. Again, it is a good nod to uh, the idea, because it, it, it was hinted at in uh, season one quite a lot, certainly in the first 12 episodes. You know, he had his Pepto-Bismol, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff that, you know, he had a problem with drink. And he then went and opened up his bar, but he yeah. he stopped drinking with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of had pulled back from looking at his drinking um, as a, um, maybe as a, a storyline or a plot or, or something like that. And it's good to see it back here because it really does, it is a proper throw to the comic character of Harvey mm. Bullock. I mean, he does suffer with demons. He suffers with insubordination and he suffers with drink. And that's a huge part of his character. So hopefully we might see this come back again. Yeah. Um, in, in a meaningful way as well. Definitely. I mean. But I suspect maybe it might just be a little nod and a reference. Nice little, nice little gag. Still, still our Harve. And remember, absolutely for next week, if you want to send in uh, any of the Harvey Bullock quotes from the episode for episode two, uh, you'll be entered into the prize to win our own little pop Harvey. Uh, after episode 11, we'll be pulling a name out of the hat to win the prizes. That's just the first one that we have so far. There will be uh, some more joining the prize pack, I'd say, by, by episode I 11. would think so. With that, I think we're down to a few notes about the episode, John. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's surprising we haven't covered some of these, maybe, mm-hmm. in our five points. But, I mean, I suspect we'll give them a good old uh, seeing to here as well. <laughs> um, we, we, You know, we see the escapees. This is uh, my first one. We see Man Bat. Um, that was very, very, very cool yeah, because... Definitely. To begin with, I was thinking, is he just going to have this black cape on? And, you know, there was doing the kind of the screeching noise that you'd expect from a bat. Mm-hmm. But, um, the, the moment where he's hanging out the window, um, Jim's got hold of it in uh, around the ankles. Uh, Valerie Vale is there and his full wings come out from his, uh, from his back. Absolutely superb. Top like quality. really, really good, really good, uh, CGI. A really good nod to to Man Bat, um, you know, in, in the same way that with with Theo Galavan and and Azriel, you know, having the cape and so on. Again, it's just that nice little nod to the bat to Batman, mm-hmm. uh, without obviously uh, showing the Batman. And here we have Man Bat. Yeah. Um, we also have the scaled skin man, or as I like to call him, Stegosaurus man, um, <laughs> because he looked like a Stegosaurus with those plates coming out of his back. Yes. We wondered from the whether, pharmacy, right? yeah, from the pharmacy, yeah. right at the start, we wondered whether he was Killer Croc, yes. but he died. So no, he wasn't. <laughs> and in fact, I think we did see another scaled kind of person, uh, stood in the group around, um, Fish Mooney yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, when she, Fish was interrogating, Miss Peabody and or Ivy Pepper. So yeah. we still think that the Killer Croc is there. Um yes. and or coming. Or coming. Or coming. Mm-hmm. And we hope he is. You know, we hope he's not going to be uh, put on a moratorium because he's in um the DC universe on, on film. I really hope we see um 
Killer Croc yeah. in Gotham. I, I think was, that would be very cool. I was convinced that this was the Killer Croc of Gotham, that this was going to be that character. And then he gets killed in his final destination way with the truck taking him out on the side of the road. A great little start to the episode yeah. as well. There is Marv, which obviously mm-hmm. has the, the, the cool power of being able to age people. Mm. Then there's the, the blonde, uh, lady who came in and really disrupted Jim yeah. and, and took with one of the others, um, took Ethel Peabody from a safe house. I was trying to think what her power was. It, it seemed like she could jump around the room. Like, yeah. Like Nightcrawler in Marvel, if you, yeah. if you know the Marvel Certainly, yeah. it seemed to be that way. And just another shout out there that, you know, this is where Jim gets the, the, uh, the wrath of Captain Barnes because effectively he plays into the hands of, um, Fish Mooney and takes her, and her goons to the safe house where Ethel yeah. Peabody is. And it seemed like a weird plan. Like, yeah. I know he's saying I don't care anymore because I'm not a cop, but you didn't need to lead them to Ethel. But, you know, again, I suppose they put him through a lot of trouble. So if he had the opportunity, probably also lead them to Professor Strange as well. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it, Jim did get put through the ringer. So, uh, Ethel's not, uh, not, the kind of person he would like, uh, you know, he probably, he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that would let criminals off for squealing out of the criminals. That seems to be something that other people would do. Jim doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that would do that. No. Right. So, uh, so I don't think he wants to create another Oswald in the city who's able to just trade information to get themselves out of jams. Um, that doesn't seem to be something that Jim wants to allow. So I presume that's the reason why he didn't really care if Ethel did get taken or not. He was hoping he was just going to be able to stop them and find fish and get the million dollars. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, really cool to see a lot of these characters. We didn't really talk about the Bruce Dapp- Doppelganger at all either, and he is also one of the characters. Uh, I think the reason why why I don't think it made points for me um, is because we're going to see him a lot more throughout the I season, would say so. so. But I, I like the interaction. I like the fact that um, he he's there. He's a presence there. I, I, I love the interaction with him and Ivy. Mm-hmm. You know, she actually thought that it was was Bruce Wayne, and she was going like, "Yeah, he was acting really odd and looked different, like yeah. he had long hair." But I, I loved how Ivy delivers that, and that, I think that's one of the great things. You know, just to bring it back to Claire Foley's um, take on Ivy, I really enjoyed this kind of absence that she kept with the character that mm-hmm. you know she knew it was bruce but yeah there was something different but i didn't really think about it too much yeah um, i thought that was really good but um i i like that i like the fact that you know the doppelganger was spying on selena i, I like the fact that kind of the two bruce waynes have come to selena yeah uh the doppelganger f- sort of um, spying on her after she's been kind to him, but Bruce, after he's come back from Switzerland, um, is the first port of call mm-hmm. after the boardroom of is course. Selena Kyle. So, like, he knows that the doppelganger knows, um, that she is important to his lookalike in Bruce Wayne. And of course, he finds out and knows the name now as well. And that's mm-hmm. the other important thing that Ivy dropped. Uh, before she dropped into the sewers was that, um, you know, was the name of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uh, and so the doppelganger knows that he can start to, um, find out where he lives and maybe with, um, the kidnap of Bruce Wayne by Talon, mm-hmm. then he's going to show up at 
Wayne Manor mm-hmm. and be mistaken. You never know. You never know. I might, suspect that might, might be how it rolls. Turn up with a little haircut and, uh, and become yeah. part of Team Good Guy. Uh, yeah, my uh, my final note on the episode is is concerning Selena. I just thought it was a little my little Batman shout out for the episode. Uh, I just thought the the call from Selena that she would love to go to Italy and eat pizza every day was a nice little touch because. At the end of Dark Knight Rises, if any of you remember, uh, Selena does actually end off with Bruce in Italy at a restaurant. So she does. Um, I like that little touch. I thought it was a, thought it was a nice little reference to the fact that that's where she would love to end off after being in Gotham for years. Absolutely. And when you said that, I immediately thought of when Ivy falls into the sewer, the way it looked, all this water rushing past, it reminded me then of Batman Begins mm. and Scarecrow pouring all of the fear uh poison or serum into the the sewers uh ready to be sort of weaponized yeah. and i just thought not only has marv touched her but is there something in the sewer sewers play an important role in in gotham in batman yeah you know, the dark the seedy and the monsters lurk within and i i love that idea of it um so i just wondered whether marv's uh touch along with maybe some form of chemicals uh, in the water ultimately lead to not only her aging, mm-hmm. but maybe the green hair, the, you know, some other attributes. You never know. You never know. Yeah. yeah. We will find out in Absolutely. the next episode. I think overall, that's our, uh, that's our episode discussion of uh, Gotham season three, episode one. So good to be back talking about Gotham again. Definitely. Yeah. I would certainly give this, um, three and a half babs and tabs. Out of five. Interesting. Um, I thought it was a good first episode. It had a lot to do in fairness to it. It really did work its socks off to, you know, reintroduce everyone uh, uh, to the characters, tell them what had happened in the last six months, um, where they were up to, you know, get rid of some characters, introduce new characters, and moots just start to bring us and introduce us anyway into season three uh, and this first half of season three with yeah. mad city so uh, this this had a lot of through storylines being introduced here bruce um going after the court of owls fish and a quest jim and his new role in gotham at least at this moment in time the new bar with Cyrus and oswald uh catching or absolutely obsessed and desperate to catch uh fish mooney um so a lot going on here definitely. and I thought it did it really well. And I think for me, the standout here was definitely uh, the Babs tabs and Butch uh, and the whole interaction there. It was just really, really good. Yeah. And I think we say a fond farewell to uh, Claire Foley as, as Ivy Pepper. Yeah. And also to say thank you uh, for Ethel Peabody, who mm-hmm. was great as the right hand lady to Hugo Strange yeah. uh, in season two. Lots of goodbyes. So uh, lots of goodbyes yeah. as well. Absolutely. Yeah, for me, this episode really did stand out. I did, I did enjoy it. Uh, it's a great little opener. Uh, one of the things I loved and noticed uh, pretty quickly in the episode was the handoffs between characters. I love that uh, we started off with 
Jim going off to see Lee, and then Jim comes to Harve. Then Har then Oswald arrives at the station, so he's handing off then to Butch, and then Butch hands it off to Selena, and then it goes into the Bruce Doppelganger. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's your full first quarter hour of the show. I yeah. loved that we just it just handed around the city, just kind of going. This isn't just a, a show about one character. This is a show about the city of Gotham. That it was really well written and really well directed to to keep that pace going. Yeah, it was. It it, it dealt with a lot, and it, it was very well written. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to get back into season three. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us again and joining us for the first time, if it is your first time joining Gotham TV Cup TV Podcast. Absolutely. Remember, you can find us at gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes. Subscribe, leave a review, mm-hmm. uh, listen to us there. And of course, you can listen to us on any other good podcast catcher by searching Gotham TV Podcast uh, in any of those apps. Um, and of course, for the competition to win... The, the Funko Pop Harvey Bullock. Please send in your Bullockisms. You can send it at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com mm-hmm. by email. So we got a little bit of feedback in for episode one. Obviously, it's our first episode back, so feedback hopefully will build up across the season. Uh, if you want to send in your feedback, you can email us to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or obviously go on our website, gothamtvpodcast.com, click the send voicemail button on the right of the screen, and you can record your audio for our podcast. Our first bit of feedback, and our only bit of feedback for this week, comes in from the ever-loving Daniel Butcher, friend of the show. Absolutely. Thank you, Daniel, so much. And, of course, he did leave special instructions uh, in the subject line. Don't open until whenever you catch up. (laughs) So here we go. Yeah, absolutely. Daniel goes on to say, I really like Ivy's aging. It's getting worked into the story instead of just swapped uh, actresses in front of us. Absolutely. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. It's really nice that they have integrated this um, transmorphication or, or, or morphing <laughs> into uh, an older Ivy Pepper uh, that it's been worked into the story through uh, the the aging hands of Marv. Um, yeah, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, completely agree uh, with you here. Absolutely. He goes on to say, honestly, I kept saying... Hey, don't I know her? Haven't I seen her before? To see how she aged makes sense for me. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Definitely agree with that. It was one of the concerns I had coming into the show. They aren't going to just recast her as a five-year-older character. Uh, I'm so glad they didn't. Definitely a good choice. Yeah. Uh, Daniel goes on to say, Jim, 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 sometimes I feel like you lack growth. But <laughs> hey, the way he picks up jobs, he'll be running a Tesco soon. Seriously, he's had every job but commissioner. Mm-hmm. Um Definitely, like he's bounty hunter. Certainly, from this episode, I'm kind of thinking, you know, when will Valerie sort of uh, come under his spell? Um, he is a gigolo. He's everything. Um, he really is. Um, just so busy and so um multitasking um, and you can tell Daniel spent some time in the UK with, uh, with, with the Tesco reference comment. absolutely I was just Daniel. thinking that although Tesco did own something in the States but it failed miserably <laughs> um, and they had to pull out Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. For all your Tesco news please follow the Tesco <laughs> podcast not ours. <laughs> and then Daniel uh, finally goes on to say fish I like supervillain fish more than gangster fish, but what I really love is the penguin riddler bromance where one can be reminded penguins eat fish. Mm-hmm. Butch, you broken hearted true romantic, I weep for you. 
Agent Daniel is a hot mess. I love it. Even if you can't get hot mess into Welcome to Level 7 podcast anymore, Daniel, it can always be fair and free to say it on our podcast. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you've probably had a moment in your life, just like poor little Butch here, uh, probably didn't have someone go around to your ex-girlfriend's uh, new business trying to get it broken up and kill her. Um, but yeah, I know, poor, poor Butch, poor Drew Powell. Yeah, Daniel, I think Butch is also a hot mess with you. Um, he is certainly pining after that uh, little kitty, Tabitha. Um, and of course, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I really like Villain Fish here. Mm-hmm. I, I also like the fact that there is that slight kind of crossover or evolution of the Villain Fish from Gangster Fish. Um, as you say, I, I've now got a vision of like, uh, the fish tank, um, in someone's house with, with, with fish, with guns <laughs> and, and, and so on. And the live cool gangster hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the fact that, you know, when she was first, um, touted as this new villain, this new character in the world of Gotham, it was, it was explained that she had these, th- this perception of other people about what they would do she had kind of like this 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 other kind of ability to perceive what people would do before they did it yeah like more of an intuition thing rather than an actual superpower but that now that has to some extent become her superpower in that she can get them to tell her that mm-hmm. so i i you know what they're going to do what their 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 real thoughts are so i really like that kind of uh, evolution of her original kind of ability if it if if it were yeah um you know really good and of course yeah the bromance is bro fantastic <laughs> absolutely brotastic in fact nig mobile pot lives yes definitely uh, thanks so much for that feedback daniel and obviously anybody else that wants to send us in feedback again email us to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or join our group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast. Absolutely. And you can leave all your thoughts and discussions about any of the episodes of Gotham or the season three so far uh, in in the group. And we will also uh, shout that out on our feedback section. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us again. We'll be back again next week with episode two of Gotham season three. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll be back again next time. Speak with you next time. Bye. I'm going to go and get drunk. Me too. It's the way to do things in the, the new Gotham. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.